fire is a beast. The Prophet ﷺ explained that it will come on the day of judgment with 70,000 ropes on it. Brothers and sisters, this right here, this is a khaki. Although how accurate it is to call it a khaki, I don't know. No, it's not Mercedes. This is not a Mercedes key. It says slingshot on it. And the reason why this is such an unusual key is because it starts such an unusual vehicle. Case in point being, the Polaris slingshot. Is it a car? Is it a motorbike? I honestly, genuinely don't know. It's probably something in between the two of them. If you step inside, which you can literally do because there's no door, it's extremely, extremely bare. The seats are very stiff. You, you struggle to get in. Two wheels at the front, one wheel at the back and it's a, literally a rare wheel drive because it's only got one wheel, but 175 horsepower from a 2.5 litre engine. And this, that's right. For the first time in Dubai, I've seen a manual drive car. It's so rare, in fact, to have a manual in Dubai that the guy who actually gave me the car, so not the guy who owns the company, but the guy who was, you know, they have workers who basically come out and show you the car, take pictures with it, check the mileage, everything or not. Basically people who um, hand over, they do the handover of the vehicle. Um, he said, do you know how to drive manual? I said, yes, you're good, because I don't know. So I wouldn't be able to even tell you how to drive the car. So it is a one of a kind, unique vehicle. So we thought, let's get it on ride out. So to start it, you just put the key there, Clutch, that's right. And press this button, this button's strange, it's got a lightning symbol. I don't know what that's what about. It's not an electric vehicle. And that looks like the kind of symbol you get on motorbikes. So you start it up. The engine's at the front, one wheel at the back. Now let's see what this baby's got. With that said, let's get into the episode. What is the status of exposing someone in terms of the sins, in terms of whatever it might be, in the dunya, person to person. You love that scandal. You love that gossip. You love that kind of stuff. Then Allah will bring out that which is inside of your house into the public. Stuff about your daughter will come out. Mm. Stuff about your wife will come out. Your sister will come out. Bro, stuff about you will come out. If someone passes wind in front of you, you don't even acknowledge it. Most of what you're exposing is not even true. The court, Islamic court judges would lash you over 
if you could have been proof. You've exposed some emails. In fact, the word exposed, from what I'm mistaken, is actually in some of the titles of your video of people when you've exposed them. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Brothers and sisters, welcome back to another episode of Ride Out. In today's episode, we are in the Polaris Slingshot. It's a mad thing. It's so mad that we couldn't actually talk while driving. It doesn't have a roof, it doesn't even have doors. Uh, it's a manual. First time I'm driving a manual, so it's weird. When I first picked it up, every time I need to change gear, I have my right hand on the steering wheel, my left hand, I kept putting it here on my left, and I'm reaching literally outside mm -hmm. of the car. And I realized on that old snaps, swapping and put my hand here with the actual fingers. But at least it's still one, two, three, four, five, rather than. Because it was one, two, three, oh, four, no, five, that would have been That would be like Arabic. That would have been next Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, Wait, do you think the gears? I was just going to say, give in the Middle East, if you didn't like it, then I thought, then I'm in the Middle East. We are in the Middle East. <laughs> okay, so, let's get into today's episode. So today you wanted to talk about... Exposing. Exposing, and the reason being is because I mentioned that this is, in this car, when I drove here, I felt extremely exposed. Uh, like I said, there's no roof, there's no doors either, so... The windshield is like this tall. When you're driving it, trust me, the wind's coming to your face. Literally, I'm doing this to try and hide behind the windshield. Like, you when you're on a convertible, even though the top is, it's, it's the top that's off. Like yeah, but the, the, the front, sides the, is all covered. Yeah, I mean, there is a bit of wind like blowing in, which is why obviously we don't do the. Uh, it's mainly the top. It's mainly the top, yeah. So, yeah, man, I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, you just feel exposed. That's it, really. So, we thought, why not do a topic on? Exposing, exposure, well not exposure, that's to do with cameras and lighting and stuff, but exposing, so people exposing people, but also a lot exposing people. The first thing we're going to discuss is the issue of exposing someone and the seriousness of exposing someone. So what is the status of exposing someone in terms of the sins in terms of whatever it might be in the dunya, person to person. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah amma ba'd. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa hlul uqtatam li lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You see, the first thing we need to understand when it comes to this exposing situation is that you have to understand you are not a person who's got a clean shirt. You're not a person who doesn't have skeletons in their closet. You know, the Prophet said, Kullu bani Adam All of the children of Adam is sin. Yeah. So everyone's got skeletons in his closet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The point is that we are good at hiding them. I remember something that my teacher used to say to me. You know, you know he used to say, if someone praises you, don't feel gassed. Oh, look how amazing I'm about praise. Yeah. Rather, be grateful that Allah has hidden from this person your reality. It's a very profound way to look at it. When someone praises you, don't think to yourself, oh, wow, I'm amazing. Look at me, alhamdulillah, there's so much good about me. No. Rather, think to yourself, alhamdulillah, he hasn't seen what I'm really like. Do you understand? Because if people were to see us, in the darkness of our houses, in the depths of our homes, in the privacy of our confinements, they would find we're very different to the way that we, the, 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 the way that we pretend to be outside. 
So you don't want to be exposed, that's the point. You don't want your reality to come out, you don't want your reality to be exposed, but then you're very quick to expose others. And social media has kind of made it a... Mm, cancel culture. Yeah, cancel culture, you know what I'm saying? Where you almost feel like, it's like a movement, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you feel empowered. Let, yeah, let's go out and expose. Bro, if you carry on doing that, Allah will bring out that which is inside your house. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa person, if he follows up the shortcomings of others, your concern is just the shortcomings of others. You know there's certain like Instagram pages, uh, Twitter pages, and pages that are just dealt with exposing people. You know, just like people send them clips and then they expose people. If that's what your life is, and your job, and, 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 and you don't necessarily have to be the person who's uploading it, but you're the person who's, you love that scandal, you love that gossip, you love that kind of stuff, then Allah will bring out that which is inside of your house into the public. You know what I'm saying? Stuff about your daughter will come out. Mm. Stuff about your wife will come out. Your sister will come out. Bro, stuff about you will come out. Do you understand? And you know what's even scarier than that? Go on. Is forget your shortcomings coming out in this life. Your shortcomings will be brought out on the day of judgment. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Man satara ala muslimin satara Allahu alayhi yawm al-qiyamah. Whoever, whoever covers, covers, veils the shortcomings of the believer, Allah will cover his shortcoming on the Day of Judgment. Like, look at the way it's supposed to be. You see a brother make a mistake, you're supposed to act like you didn't see. You're supposed to keep a step and cover it and keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So in hope that on the Day of Judgment, when your book is there and the sins are mentioned, all the evil things that you did, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covers it for you. He says, my slave is between me and you. Go, go into paradise. Do you understand? Yeah. But you want to bring it out to the people. Like, you know how bad this is? There's a kitab called Fusul Adab. It's called uh, a section on manners. Fusul is like a section, a subsection on manners. Like a small, it's a small book on manners. By Imam Ibn Aqil al-Hambali. Imam Ibn Aqil. And in there he's got a section, he talks about it's either in the metan or in the explanation of the metan. But in the kitab it mentions, even the shafa, the metan, the explanation of the actual text, that about, about, about uh, farting, passing gas, passing wind. Okay. And they were saying that, you know, from the manners of a Muslim is, that if someone passes wind in front of you, you don't even acknowledge it. Some you, people make a big deal out of it. Say that again? Oh, who's that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, yo, what's going on? But like, Bro, it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a human function. It's a natural human function. It's not even a sin. You know what I'm saying? And look at how we make a big deal out of a fart. Let alone people's sins. We make an even bigger deal. I'm saying, the way the makaram al akhlaq, the noble characteristics and the manners of a Muslim is that when he, the, he didn't just talk about that, he also talked about, you know, aura. You know, you see a person's aura get exposed for a second. Like, just air it. Oh, bro, look at your aura. Like, unless, unless it's like a common thing, you know, you see the brother, his aura is consistently exposed. But basically, the shortcomings, the point he was making in the kitab was the ayub and nas, the shortcomings of people. Turn a blind eye to them. Don't make a big deal out of it. This is what the mushrikun used to do. Someone used to fart, this to make a big deal out of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Someone used to fart, someone used to make a big deal out of it. Do you know what I'm saying? I actually saw something that happened, yeah, between uh, two brothers, which to me, it's the kind of thing that you'd think, why did this stand out as something beautiful? 
But this stood out as a very beautiful moment to me. You know what I'm saying? Cool. So there were two brothers. There was a few brothers actually, but this, there was one brother from amongst them who must have passed some wind. Do you understand? He must have done. Awesome. He must have passed some wind. And, and it wasn't clear who the brother was. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna lie, I was there. I can smell it. The brothers can smell it. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was one of the ones where it was like, <laughs> you know, it was an awkward moment. Now, I can only imagine how insecure that brother who must have passed wind must be feeling. Of course, by the way, this is not a license to go out and start fighting in front of people. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. But it's just sometimes it happens naturally, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know what one of the brothers did? One of the brothers there, he literally just took out some perfume, sprayed himself, but he, it's, it's, he did it as if he was leaving to go out. Do you understand? He did it. Basically, you know when you go out... So he sprayed himself because he was unfoiled? No. No. There was another brother in the room. Okay? He wasn't the one who passed wind. And the reason I know he wasn't the one who passed wind because he came in the room after the smell had already been there. Do you understand? He came into the room after the smell. Do you understand? So he must have come casually. And you know it's one where all it takes for one guy to go... <coughs> and then everyone's like... <coughs> and everyone starts laughing. Because <laughs> it was a big one, I can't lie. So look what happened. He comes in and he acted like nothing happened. Like he didn't smell anything, yeah? And you know what he did? What? It was beat as well, like you couldn't really, like, it was, it was wrong with something had to be done about it. You mm. know what I'm saying? But you know what he did? You know how he dealt with it? He took out his cologne, he sprayed himself, but he sprayed himself as he's walking around the room. So the spell of the cologne spread across the room. And then what? That was to make you feel bad though, wasn't it? Like, yo, you managed to spray it around me. You know what he did? He just left the room. As if he made it seem like he's going out for the night. He's going out for a meal, he's going out to see someone. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand the point I'm making? Yeah. He, did, he went that far to not hurt the brother's feelings. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he sprayed it as in, solved the problem. And what? And then also let me not make him feel bad. And I just, I just found that to be like so beautiful. Like, you know what I'm saying? People, people want to make jokes about it. Whoever smoked it, dealt with No. Whoever made the you rant did the crime. Whoever, whoever made the rap did the crap. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't had that one before, but yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, it's people always going about it. I'm saying that's what was something small, the manners of something, but you don't want to go out there and expose people's personal dealings. And you know what's sad? Mm. Is that I'm not even going to talk about it in this episode. Um, um, maybe we'll talk about it in a different episode. Most of what you're exposing is not even true. Mm, slander. Like, slander. Like what, you're exposing things that the judges, the court, Islamic court judges, would lash you over if you couldn't bring proof. They would say, what? You said this about the guy, you made the claim. Yeah, he did it, I saw, what was your claim? I saw a tweet, I saw a text. That's not proof in the Sharia. Slash, you get the lash now. Do you understand? The honor of a Muslim is. The honor of a Muslim, you've slandered a Muslim now, you know what I'm saying? So, so when that happens, like, you're asking to be exposed in this life, and it was even more severe as the expose that will take place in the next life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentioned in the Quran, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا when the earth will shake, an ultimate shaking, there will be an earthquake on the Day of Judgment. And the earth will spit out that which is inside of it. You know, the people will come out of their graves that are inside of the earth. The treasures which are within the earth, the earth will, earth will spit, spit them out. Humanity, mankind will cry out, they will say, What's wrong? What's going on? The earth is shaking. We're coming out of our graves. We've been resurrected. What's taking place? But what happened? The earth will speak, the earth will testify of what? 
of that which took place on top of it. The Prophet said, Do you know what the khabr, the information, the news of the earth is? Do you know what it is? It is what? It is that it will testify of what the people done on top of it. The zina you done on top of the earth. The bed on top of which you did it, the earth will say, Ya Allah, this man, he did this with this woman here. The drugs that you smoke. Bro, the evil, filthy things that you did, the pornography that you watched. The filthy things that you have in your, in your closet. The earth under which you did those things. The earth under which your closets are. Your, the skeletons in your closet. The earth will talk. You know what's even more scary? Your own hands will talk. Your own feet will talk. Your mouth will be sealed. Your hands will testify against you. But your own hands that you used today, fingerprints, your own hands can testify against you. Wow, look at that. That's deep. These are, you know, you know, you know why I said that's deep? You know why I say that's deep? Why? Do you know why I say that's deep? It's because we say it's far-fetched. We say it's far-fetched. How will my hands testify against me? How will my hands testify against me? For Allah, kun fayakun, be it is, will make the hands speak. Mm. He can make the feet speak. He can make them testify against you. But you think it's so far-fetched, but you, re you don't realize your hands testify against you in this world. Your DNA testifies against you in court. You know what I'm saying? So you're already seeing the beginnings of this. Now what about the one who is what? Al-Qadiru ala kulli shay, able over each and every single thing. When he makes them speak and testify against you, testify against you. So, one thing that I want to clarify then from you then is, what's the difference between exposing and refuting? Or maybe the better way to put it is, is all exposing bad because you've exposed some emails. In fact, the word exposed, if I'm not mistaken, is actually in some of the titles of your video of people when you've exposed them. So is it a case where it's one rule for you and one rule for everyone else? Or are there certain times where it's okay, certain times it's not? If so, what, what, what are the kind of principles that we use? Beautiful question. So really the concept of exposing someone, it comes under backbiting, right? Yeah. It comes, if what you've exposed him is true, it's backbiting, and if the expose is false, then it's wrong, right? right? So it's backbiting, isn't it? Now, backbiting is haram, but like it becomes har halal in some situations. Okay. Imam al Nawi has a kitab called Riyadh al Salihin, okay? And in this book, he has a chapter called Bab Ma Yubahu Min al Ghiba. It's called the chapter where it's permissible to backbite. And if memory serves me correct, because I read it a few years ago, he mentioned six times when it's allowed for you to backbite someone. Six times where it's allowed for you to expose someone, okay? From those times he mentioned was a person who someone is trying to seek knowledge from him, but he's going to misguide them. He's going to destroy their akhirah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because he's going to teach them stuff that can take them to the health. He's going to teach them bid'ah, innovation. He's going to misguide them. He said, now you must warn against this person. Pay attention. It's not about warning against what he does in private. Some people find a person who might be a da'i, and he might have some private shortcomings, which may not even be true, may be true, it's not upon you, but the point is he might have some private shortcomings, he said, let me bring it out to the public. No, we don't bring out the people's private shortcomings. If I was to bring out people's private shortcomings, subhanAllah al I would have to be very scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay? Mm. Because that private shortcomings, everyone has a, a share in private shortcomings. Everyone shares the private shortcomings, you know what I'm saying? It has a share in that slipping up, you know, outside the public. The public shortcomings, is what you are what? What you're refuting. And it's public shortcomings that are not concerned to his personal. Not concerned to his person. But they are, pub they are private, public shortcomings 
that are concerned with what? Him affecting others. others. And that's the principle here. You can backbite someone where remember backbite is haram because it harms the honor of the one you're backbiting. Yeah. Now if you if it's going to become halal, it's going to be halal if it's going to affect more people than the individual being backbited. Mm. What do I mean by it? You may Allah protect you if you're backbite if you're if you're spreading evil, for me to backbite you is gonna harm your honor, right? But now I've got to protect you. I've got a way of protecting you and protecting the hundreds of people that you might misguide. Misguide. Now the hundreds of people take precedence over you. Mm. Do you see? Yeah. So another example Imam Nawawi gives is when it comes to marriage. Because there was there was a woman who came to, and by the way the Prophet Islam did that. Mentioned people specifically. For example, he said, Kadaba Abu Sanabila. Kadaba Abu Sanabila. He said Abu Sanabila lied. That's the Prophet Ali mentioning something about him, which is what? Which, which, which is negative. He lied. He made a mistake. The Prophet Ali is bringing it to the attention of people. That's one of the evidences that Imam al Nawi brings. So the second, or not second, but another example he brings is when it comes to talking about people who are what? Looking to get married. We're trying to marry a girl. Okay? Now, you can inquire about this person's religiosity. You can inquire if they're a good match. Mm. And if the person is a bad match, you're not allowed to lie. What's the proof of this? There was a woman called Fatima bint Qais radiyallahu ta'ala anha and she came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she said, Ya Rasulullah She said, two men have asked for my hand in marriage Abu Jahab and Mu'awit ibn Abi Sufyan radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma She said, uh, you know, they've asked for my hand in marriage, they've proposed to me The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa you know what he said? He mentioned two negative things about both of them as for Abdul Jahim, he said, He excessively beats the women. In another narration, he's always got a stick on his shoulder. He beats, he beats the women. Be careful who beat you. As for the other one, Mu'awit bin Abi Sufyan, he mentioned about his financial situation. Both companions, the Prophet Aysan mentioned something negative about both of them. Why? Because now the harm of backbiting him, uh, of, of backbiting him, is greater, uh, sorry, the harm of, of them suffering due to the consequence of backbiting is greater than the harm of this woman, her life being destroyed by entering into a marriage mm -hmm. where she could potentially be. Is less, you mean? Uh, uh, the harm of them, their honor is less than the woman's. Not that the harm of their honor is less, but the harm of. I'm sorry, them being backbiting. The, yeah, the harm of them, their negative being mentioned right now is less than the harm of a woman spending a lifetime in a marriage where she could be, you know subject to being beaten in marriage or to mm. a really crazy financial situation or a, a, a less than pleasing financial situation. Do you see? Yeah. So these are some examples and what's powerful is under the hadith Imam Ibn Qayyim mentioned that if it's permissible for you to refute someone on the back of their dunya and their marriage situation to save their marriage, if it's permissible for you to, for you to refute someone to save someone from falling into a marriage that will destroy them, then how can you say it's not permissible to refute someone for the sake of saving a person's afterlife? Do you understand? Yeah. And that's why refutation is done. But I'll be honest with you. You know, even with these refutations, Salahatul out, I refute. And I refute. And refute is a part of the But it doesn't make me feel all high and mighty. And wallah, I'm very scared myself. You know this concept of al-jarbu wa ta'deel, which is criticizing and appraising, which really is different to refuting, but it has a, it shares a portion of it. You know, scholars would, would criticize 
people and they would praise people to, to verify who's authentic in the chain of narration and who's not. So this person they will say, oh, his memory's bad. This person they say he's a liar. This person they say he's weak. This person they say he's this. This person they say he's that. You know what I'm saying? So they have to criticize people. And this person they have to say is trustworthy, he's upright, he's thick, And sometimes the scholars would, would get it wrong, right? For example, Imam uh, Malik said about a particular man, he says, Zindiq mina zanadiqa. He said he's a heretic from the heretics. Imam Shafi said about him, Thiqqatun Thabt. He's upright and he's trustworthy. You know, Ibn Abi Dhibbin said Imam Malik, you know, Imam Malik didn't see Khiyarul uh, Majlis, which is a type of, um, you know, you know, in, in financial transactions where, you know, like a refund policy? Yeah. That it's not really a refund policy. I mean, their refund policy is different to our concept of a refund policy. So it's a very loose term. Khiyar is not exactly refund policy, but I'm trying to make you understand it as best as possible. It's basically, I sell you something, you sell me something. There are particular rulings pertaining to there being, um, uh, you know, it's allowed for us to nullify the transaction to, for you to get a refund or whatever have you. It's more, it's more nuanced than what their yeah, refund yeah, policy yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Not every refund yeah. policy that the Kufar mentioned is permissible. In we get it, we get it, we get it. I'm just, I don't want them to get the wrong idea. You know what I'm saying? But this is something the Prophet Aysam, Hadith Bukhari, Al Bukhari Muslim legislated. Allah legislated on the tongue of the Prophet Aysam. So Malik didn't see it. He didn't see it. See it, what does that mean? He didn't see it to be something that is. That no, as in, he didn't see Khayar al Majlis. As in, once transaction happened, it's happened. Oh, okay. Do you understand? To the best of my memory. Imam Ibn Abi Dibbin said, Imam, Imam Malik, either he's telling him to repent or his neck is going to be struck. Do you understand? Meaning he'll be killed. He'll be killed. This is the kind of thing that you say to an apostate. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. Imam Malik is Imam Darul Hijra. The point yeah. is that. The point is that sometimes like, you might say something that like, you have to know that you could possibly have made a mistake. Yeah. Do you understand? Now, obviously, you do your best. You go based on evidences. You fertilize the wajal. You do your verification. You speak to the scholars before you do your refutations. But you have to know that there's that possibility you could get it wrong. So me, I, it doesn't make, it's, it's not a safe job. You know what I'm saying? It's not a safe job, this job that we do here. Like, it's a job where you have to really check yourself because if I have an evil intention, if I have an evil intention when I refute someone, it could turn back on me on the day of judgment. Imam <coughs> Ibn Dakiq and Al-Eid said two people that are on the fringes of the hellfire, that are on the fringes, they're at the edge of the pit of the hellfire. Yeah? Is what? The, the scholars of hadith and the judges. Because they are both dealing with the honors of people. The scholars of hadith have to say, this man is weak, this man is a liar, this man is not trustworthy, this man's memory is bad. And they have to basically that's his honor been destroyed in the books of hadith for centuries it's going to be read this man is what uh, he's a mubtadi'un dalum mutin fasiqun minal fusaq no he's zindiq mina zanadiqa dajjal mina dajjajila you know all these things are written about him he's a liar he's a liar your statement about him is going to be written now so if you if you got it wrong now of course if you're a mujtahid and you get it wrong you get one reward if you get it right you get two rewards mm -hmm. but the point is if your intention is evil now if your intention you use this as a reason to what? Throw the people's honors into the bin. To throw their honors into the bin. You're yeah. at the pit of the hellfire. You, you, know, you have to know your job is a job where you're at the fringes of the hellfire. You can fall in. And the second one was the judges. The second one was the judges. Because the judges have to say, no, 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 he's a criminal. No, no, he's a liar. No, no, sentence him. Or sentence him to death. Lash him. No, take, no, he, you know, he, take his money and give it to him. So the judges have to do with people's honors. So these two people, they're at the fringes, they're at the pits of the hellfire. So they have to be very careful, they have to be just, they have to be sincere here. So I'm saying it's not a thing that makes me feel confident. Look at me, I'm out here waving a banner of, a banner of a jannah, of a ta'adil, I'm refuting anyone. No, you have to really check yourself. You have to ask yourself a million times before you do this refutation. You have to consult the scholars. What is my intention here? What am I doing? Because if I do it with an evil intention, 
ما happens بحكي فوري تري هوف ان الله بروتكت مي اسا امام يحيى بن معين وقتها هو كراين ان هو الامام اوف الجرح والتعديل هو الامام اوف كريتيسايزنج البريز هو الامام احمد كومبانيون يو نو هو سيد ذس جريت امام يو نو هو سيد هو سيد هو سيد كراين وان دي هو سيد وي كريتيسايز ذا بيبل هو وي كريتيسايز ذا بيبل هو بيرهابس 200 ييرز بيفور اس هاف اوريدي ات ذا بيس اوف بارادايس You know what I'm saying? So it's not something loose. You're not loose with your tongue where you just go out and refute and criticize. Or it's not something just, you're not just loose with your tongue when you do anything. You understand? It's not just loose like that. Of course, our job is not al jarh wa ta'deel. Jarh wa ta'deel is different to refutation, even though it's a part, it shares it, but it's, it's, it's close. It has similitudes. Does that make sense? But coming back to the point that we're making, the last thing I want to say, inshallah, and I'm happy to conclude after this, unless you have anything you want to say, Abu Bakr, go on. Is that, you know, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to exposing people. Because you're going to be exposed on the day of judgment and you're going to be covered if you what? If you make it your business in your life to expose people. There was a, there's an ayah in the Quran that Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, one of the Prophet's companion, the son of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, he was reciting one night. And as he was reciting this ayah, he was crying profusely. He was reading the Quran, when he came to this ayah, he just couldn't move from it. The ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَنَبَلُوَنَّكُمْ حَتَّى نَعْلَمَ الْمُجَاهِدِينَ مِنْكُمْ وَالصَّابِرِينَ وَنَبَلُوَ أَخْبَارَكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we will test your facts. I.e., we will see the one who is a liar and the one who is truthful. Like your, your facts. وَلَنَبَلُوَ أَخْبَارَكُمْ We're going to test your, your facts. Mm. Okay? Now, this is powerful. You know why? Because this means that if Allah tests, tests your facts, your truth is going to come out on the Day of Judgment. Allah's, your truth is going to come out. You say, I'm a Muslim, I'm righteous. You pretend to be a certain type, but you come to the message, your beard is all sorted, your shimaq is all pointy, your thobe is white and iron, but your heart is stained. Allah knows. You don't know, I don't know. I, Allah knows, you know what I'm saying? So your, your facts are going to be tested and brought out. So Umar was reciting this, Ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar was crying while he was reciting this ayah. You know what he's saying? He was saying, um, he was saying, Allah, if you test my facts, I will be exposed. If you test my facts, Allah, I will be exposed. I will be exposed. This was a man who was a companion who fought with the Prophet He studied with the Prophet he comes under the general uh, praises in the Quran, the Prophet when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised the companions. Does that make sense of the Prophet He's, inshallah, from those who are going to be in paradise. Mm. Yet he's saying, Allah, I will be exposed if you test my facts. Mm. What about me and you? How are you so concerned with others and not concerned with yourself? Wallahu a'ala wa'ala. That was very, very beneficial, alhamdulillah. A lot of important points mentioned there. And, uh, and yeah, man. Any final advice, final little message to the people? Well, like people, you know, I want you know this ride out series. I'm not sure at what stage this episode is going to come in and whatnot. But I want you to notice that almost every single episode, whatever problem we've mentioned, whether it be excessive eating, dressing, sleeping, uh, women. Uh, whatever it may be whatever deficiency that we have to deal with as men 
of course women as well, but the show is direct, mainly directed at men. You know, taking care of our families, teaching our families, parents. I want you to see how the solution to everything we've mentioned is Tawheed. Is Tawheed. Does that make sense? It's coming back to your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You only will be a person who's concerned with others' faults and into exposing so much so far as you are disconnected from your reality with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're conscious of Allah always watching you and your deficiencies and your shortcomings to Allah, you can't be concerned with the shortcomings of, Allah, of others. Does that make sense? Mm. And you're not even concerned with the shortcomings of Allah. You're concerned with other people's shortcomings with people. Mm. You're concerned with other people's shortcomings with people. But yeah. bro, you, why are you not concerned with your shortcomings with Allah? Or like, just come back to Tawheed, all, everything in yourself. Come back to La ilaha illallah, everything in yourself. And just before this, I just recorded an episode with Adam on preserving your tongue. Because of your tongue, you can end up in hellfire. And because of one message, imagine because of one message you sent online, you sent it up. Or you think is it worth it? Was it worth it? A little, you know, snidey little comment or whatever you might have done. You might have cut someone's looks or someone's, you know, uh, whatever it might have been, weight or you know, skin color, whatever it might have been, or you know, you expose someone's sin who is in private and put it out in public uh, unjustly, unnecessarily, then. You know, you need to be scared, innit? You need to be worried because most of the people in Hellfire will be there because of their, because of their tongues, tongues in their private parts. So it's very, very important. Very, very important. Okay, inshallah, we'll end it there. Um, maybe we'll go for a little drive just so you guys can see what the car's like to drive. Uh, other than that, we'll see you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace. What are some of the rewards for being humble? Position to the religion, whether yeah. it be with his intellect or whether it be with his actions, this is a sign that the individual does not have humility. Look at the position he's in. He's in a big chair. The kingdom, and the kingdom gives him precedence over the other people. So you have no right to be walking on the earth with arrogance. No right. It's like when you walk into the jail, you walk into the hapsi, for those who've been or no family's been or heard stories, you can't walk into hapsi feeling all tough. Likewise, he has money, he has fame. People elevate him. Is that helping from the angle of I have to help? It's a 50-50 type of relationship with my wife. But rather he's coming out of his way to show kindness to his family.